With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Doesn't that get you pumped up, Dan? It's uh, nice to be here on a Friday morning, the 23rd of June, talking all things harness racing, in particular the big Melton Metropolitan card on Saturday night. I'm Tim O'Connor, filling in for Jason Bonington this morning, and I'm joined by Dan Malecki, the voice of harness racing in Australia, who will be calling on Saturday night, but he's also done the form very thoroughly, Dan. We've gone through the first three races. You're very keen on one at a nice price in race two, Loxley Lover at around $7 on the each way. Let's move to the final leg of the early quaddy. That's race four, of course, the Alabar pace for horses rated between 68 and 77. And this is over the 1,200 metres, Dan. I might get your thoughts on the 1,200 metre concept before we tackle this uh, interesting race, the fourth on the card at Melton. Well, look, I don't mind the concept of the 1,200 metre races. Changes it up a little bit. There are extra options for horses. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, they're usually uh, challenging enough races, or at least they're open enough races. I know we've got a short one here, but... Uh, we'll dissect whether dollar twenty-two is value for Fiyama or not, but um, yeah, I don't mind them, and I particularly like them when they're the last race on the program because I know I'm going to get home potentially a minute <laughs> earlier than usual. Well, yeah, speaking of that, I I did have a, uh, my thoughts were with you last night at Ballarat. We've spoken about how cold it was there. I think you had two false starts in the last race. There. <laughs> that would have been a disaster for all involved. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because I know every time I go to the races, if there's going to be a false start, why it's more likely to be the last race, I do not know. Um, some people refer to it as Murphy's Law. I tend to think it's called Maliki's Law, but um, it uh, it was, uh, yeah, probably a long odds on favourite. If there was going to be one, it was the last race. And we had two of them last night. But by that stage, I think you get, once you get so cold, there's only uh, you can't get any colder. We were in that zone by then anyway. Yeah, well, there's there's um, there's punting gods and there's certainly weather gods. The punting gods find a way for you to uh, miss the final leg of the quaddy with with all bar one of the runners. But um, let's move on to this race, the the 1200 metre scamper uh, race four on the card. You spoke about Fiamma being a red hot favourite. A dollar twenty two hasn't budged from that quote. There's been no market moves uh, in the early stages of betting Fiamma is the only horse in single figures. Art Jester at 11, also Brutally Handsome at $11. Celestia Matuka at 15. Springfield Affair, 16. Irvine, 16. Steel Screens at 18. And the despised outsider, drawn Barrier 1, Our Cheeky Devil at $101. Dan, uh, I'm confident to say you'd be tipping Fiamma on top, but is there another way to play the race from a betting perspective? Is there a place bet on offer, potentially? Yeah, look at it. You're right. It, looking for all of those things. I mean, can our cheeky devil run a place um, at 101? It's got to run because Zubri is is a scratching. Um, the, and those are the they're hard to work out because because they're 1200 meter races. You can often find ho- horses that are pushed out of the gate or horses that you often think have got gate speed, but it's not 
good enough to cross the horses inside of them and, and that probably makes a better spectacle or a more competitive race. But um, I often look upon them dif- differently. I still haven't quite worked them out yet. Um, I'm trying to find something that I think is a good chance of beating Fingama, particularly uh, value-wise, but it, it, it's hard to come up with a confident case for something that can do it. Um, Fiyama probably gets past our cheeky devil uh, comfortably, but whether or not horses like, you know, Brutally Handsome, who can get off the gate pretty good, Springfield Affairs left the gate well and quicker than I've expected on occasions. Um, so uh, that that could make it interesting, but if Fiyama's in front, it's going to be very difficult to see something uh, being able to, to run her down. So rightly, she's the horse to beat, no value. I do think it's a tougher race for her, though, Tim. Um, there's there's some handy enough horses in this, but I mean, Brutally Handsome has performed well at a, at a really high level through some of the age group races, and I think that win last start, it'll do his confidence a lot of good, and he's got a bit of gate speed to make it interesting enough in the early part, so I think he's a really good chance. Likewise, Art Jester, who seems to perform really well in these sorts of races, and Steel Screens, although being first up, is a good short-course horse, and uh, his chance is probably more reliant on... Uh, how quick they go and you think in a 1200 meter race they can only go go one way but if the leader's sorted out by the first turn they can often get that first bend a little bit easier and I think that makes a huge difference to the way the races run and the chances from out the back my tips of tip two five three and nine the other one I could put in the mix there is Springfield Affair and and look even you mentioned um something at odds or first fours. I'd definitely be putting our cheeky devil in for third or fourth uh, in the first fours there. Fiamma the one to beat, but um, I, I'm not expecting she could get too much shorter than twenty-two. No, uh, I agree with that. Uh, one, you, you haven't gotten your numbers, but I might throw in there as well. We've, we've sort of covered a few for the placings. I thought Irvine was going well, Dan. I, I know that Barrier Seven's not ideal, but... I struggle to really map these races anyway. I really, they're those sort of mm. races, anything can happen. Who decides to go, who doesn't. Um, yeah, I just thought Irvine could, could figure. And I think he will be winning a race at some point soon when he draws a bit better and he finds the right race. I do think he's going well. So Irvine's one maybe to consider, at least from my part. Uh, that's the early quaddy done and dusted. Then we might look at race five, the opening leg of the main quaddy. And I reckon, am I right in saying the main quaddy's at least had a component of a jackpot the last two weeks. I think it has. Um, okay. Definitely last week there was an enormous it... uh, d- dividend and I think some carried over and I'm pretty sure the week before. Uh, happy for anyone to text in and tell me otherwise, but uh, I'm not sure when the jackpot money will be definitely seen. Definitely the week before did, didn't it? Yeah, so you're probably right. I think the last two have had um, have had some sort of carryover, so they've been very difficult to get. And uh, yeah, you can play them wide with a bit of confidence. It's probably going to be a blowout. But let's go to race five, which is the Waste Sense Blacks are Fake Free for All. It's at seven oh one pm, as I said, the opening leg of the main quaddy over the seventeen twenty meters. It is for the free for runners, rated between ninety to one hundred and twenty. Uh, interesting market here. There's been a bit of movement in the early part of betting, which you would expect when there's some good horses on display. Number five, he's a son of a gun, has been or is the favourite at the current point in time at two dollars forty. Out from two dollars though. Number four, Serge Blanco, the second favourite at three dollars twenty, has held that quote very firmly through the early part of wagering. Number nine, Tango Tara, been back from ten into six. 
Uh, number three, Julian Nien, in from $23 all the way into $10. So a good move for number three, Julian Nien. Interest-free, Dan, who you spoke about first up from a decent spell. $10 out to 12 Number one, Vanquish Stride at 14 Yankee Gold at 14 Number seven, Perfect Stride, 21 And Yorkshire also first up from a spell for the McNulty boys at $81. Really interested to see your thoughts here. It's a really good Blacks are fake free-for-all. Yeah, with uh, Torrid Sainer scratching, uh, number 10. Uh, look, I think he's a son of a gun because he's drawn the front line. He can utilise his gate speed and uh, might be able to to dictate the race. We've seen him perhaps uh, maybe not even at his best, but when he's in front, he can get that advantage um, on, on the last start performance. So I've got the five on top. I, I, I wouldn't put all... Uh, all my ammunition into the one uh, race uh, to back him, but I, I think he's the one to beat, and rightly so. Um, he's got the the circumstances I think that that suit him. Um, I think Tango Tara looks a really good chance of getting into the top four. Serge Blanco is a seriously good horse. He's always looked like he's going to get to free for all level, and he's he's mixing it with that company now. And as a last start winner. Uh, he's definitely in the mix. I think Perfect Stride could be the improver. It's just a tricky draw that is a little bit off-putting. And um, an interest-free is first up, so you would naturally expect he's going to improve on the run. But from a cheap run on the pegs, just to be able to sprint home if there's a genuine speed, you know that he's good enough to figure. And then there are the other runners, like Ahuli Nien, uh, who was terrific last time. Uh, Vanquish Stride from a good gate. Yankee Gold, who really was only a sprint home, but have got a similar circumstances, able to get to the pegs, might be able to figure as well. Yorkshire is first up, tricky draw, but he's the son of a gun. Number five for mine, uh, five, four, nine, and uh, eight are my selections. Five, four, nine, and eight. And the other one I, I would like to have put into the top four was Huli Nien, and maybe I'll regret that I haven't done that. I, I, I just had a bit of difficulty trying to work out whether I slide interest-free in top four, getting a soft run and just weaving through and running third or fourth, or Huli Nien, who might actually be the better winning chance out of the two, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, five doesn't fit into four, though, does it, Dan, <laughs> in terms of selections? Um, uh, I agree. Hulianian was really good, hitting the line hard, narrowly beaten last Saturday night. I'm probably siding with Tango Tara. I would have loved the $10, but uh, you spoke... Um, it's probably not a bet to nothing, but at $6 and $1.90, I mean, you're basically getting your money back to run... Uh, second or third, and you get a look at $6 a win. I thought he was going really well. He was runner-up behind Hurricane Harley in that, that race where we saw better isolate really catch the eye from back in the field. And um, Andy Gath was quick to tell me that better, uh, the Tango Tara sectionals were not far off that of better isolate on that occasion. Then he ran a good race, uh, beaten three metres to Serge Blanco last time out. Uh, good, solid back row draw. Uh, he'll get a nice run in the running line. And, yeah, I thought he'd run a race. So probably Tango Tara... On the each way for me, Dan. That's the first half of the card done. We might take a quick little break, refresh, and tackle race six on the card, the second leg of the quaddy. It's the Friday form panel. Tim O'Connor and Dan Malecki.